yourself for the most intensely shocking motion picture of our time. <coughs> Nightmare, the motion picture everyone is talking about. Hello, Steve. From the man who terrified you in Dawn of the Dead and Friday the 13th, special effects director Tom Savini, now comes Nightmare. Kathy? Terror will surround you. Pray you survive the night. Nightmare. Scream, but no one can help you. Listen to me, George. It's only a dream, and dreams can't hurt you. Where do you go? There's no place to hide. Nightmare. escape alive no one under 17 will be admitted from 21st century distribution coming soon Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kat and Dave. Hello. Hello. Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. Speaking of Instagram and Speak All Evil Pod uh-huh. and following said account, I was in the Instagram account today and uh, you know, checking on our activity, checking on new followers and things like that, you know, like you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw a uh, pretty high profile new follower to Speak All Evil Pod today. Guess who's following us now on Speak All Evil Pod? Uh, Joe Biden? Justin Benson. Oh. oh. Co-writer, co-director, and co-star of Something in the Dirt, which we just talked about on episode 159, one of my oh. favorite, my top five in my top five of 2022 films. And we didn't mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. And you guys spent a half an hour ranting, raving about math and... Some Netflix Whoa. documentary um, that hurt your true. family. and uh, Listen, <laughs> why do you think he started following the podcast? Because uh, he goes online uh-huh. and he follows people that talk about his movie. Okay. Did he listen to I the podcast? I, me too. Which I, hope, one, I really hope the, not. Was this Something the nerd Levi. or the surfer, bro? No, Levi. Oh. Levi's following us oh. and you spend a half an hour saying his movie was a joke, it was nonsense. Okay. Uh, well, here's the thing, though. Would you rather follow someone that you think is just blowing smoke up your butt or that you think is a genuine I, yeah. film watcher? So, I, I mean, I was pretty clear. Like, I usually don't say that movies are beyond me or they're over my head. Mm-hmm. This, this stuff definitely was way yeah. over my head. And I didn't say, let me reiterate, I did not say that I didn't like this movie. I just oh. thought. Oh, I didn't like it. I, okay. Maybe. I, uh, I, guess I, I guess I need to get my well, ears checked. I only, I, just <laughs> think that I only listened to it for about 10 hours. I, maybe I got the wrong idea. I liked parts of it. 
<laughs> well, no, I like your theory, Kat, that he, he might be susceptible to negging. Maybe he'll be, he increases <sighs> his attraction if you are mean to him and say bad I'm... things. I mean, I mean, it's better than my movie, so I mean, go everybody. Uh, yeah, well, before we get to the, the slop in the trough, um, <laughs> I didn't want to mention that. Kevin Kevin is, is gone again. He's still in Singapore. Oh, this we week. miss him. I miss him so yeah, much. Yeah, me too. We all do. To be honest. Uh, uh, but uh, he, he will be joining us for this episode in, in a similar way, not exactly the same way, but he will be here a little bit later on uh, this week. It's Dave's lowbrow slop week. Woo! Dave's, Dave's <laughs> Thank some, you, Dave. Dave's brought some slop for the trough to feed the pigs. <laughs> I thought it was a pervert week, maybe. Well, it is pervert week. It's it's little. It's uh, young pervert week. <sighs> Puberty week. That's right. I'm back with a video nasty. Yeah. From 1981 called Nightmare, mm. also titled Nightmares in a Damaged Brain, written and directed by Romano Scavolini, starring Bard Stafford as George Tatum. Uh, this is a by-the-book slapdash New York slasher. Uh, gets even filthier when it goes to Florida. Slapdash. Um, Just like this, me in two weeks. Woo, oh, going to Florida. Yes. Grime fest. Woo. This is the age-old tale of a child that is exposed to the hanky-panky at a young age and develops a number of mental disorders that turn him into a serial killer. Uh, there's some doctors and experiments involved, and uh, little is really explained. Uh, but the great thing about serial killers is they can turn up anywhere at random, and the less you know about their motives sometimes, the better. So I didn't really mind some of that randomness. And the 80s... NYC uh, slashers are my favorite. Maniac, Basket Case, New York Ripper. And then you also had like the movies that were filmed in this area that were mainstream, like Taxi Driver, Death Wish, um, yeah, yeah. Dressed to Kill. I don't right. know if you know Brian De Palma's Dressed oh, yeah. to Kill. I love that movie. But I feel like slashers that are set in the pre-Giuliani New York are <laughs> rife with prostitutes, drug dealers, pimps, pollution, like coming up out of the sewer drains in every shot, cars honking, it's chaos. Um, I feel like if you just turn- Nudie shows, like nudie booths everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Peep shows. Yeah. You just had to have a film camera and turn it on at night in New York City in the 80s. And you had something at least that- provided value to me i would watch pretty much anything um with this this setting um and the kills in nightmare are pure cinematic excellence mm -hmm. uh they mm -hmm. linger there forever they're done by daryl ferrucci ed french johane hansen and robin stevens what about um tom savini no what about the guy in the the, the little mini doc that we watched, um, Cleve Hall he, yeah. he did F, did some of the effects and also right, 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 right. Um, but there was a big rumor that was probably started by him uh, when Tom Savini was on set. They took a picture together. Um, this is a classic band kind of stuff. Yeah, you get a picture done with a guy. It's like, oh, me and Jay Z are about to drop an album, but you're not really. You just happen to be in a room with Jay Z. He doesn't know who you are. He doesn't know who you are. At it takes all. a lot of pictures with people. <laughs> so uh, I think these guys are kind of trying to fake it till they make it. Oh, totally. Because uh, totally. this is very yeah. inspired by Savini. Yeah. Um, so I, I really like the making of that you recommended to us. 
you could barely like hear them. It was so low quality. Yeah. It adds to the whole grime. And that's a lot of the stuff that I like. Um, the stories of the guerrilla filmmaking. There's a lot of that stuff. You don't have permits. You're just out in the city. I just picture like between 1981 and 1984 or 1980, really, there must have been so many people just running around the city with fake blood and like, you know, like crazy stuff. All these Italian guys that were making porn, the, uh, you know, the Joe month Spinell, before. Yeah. Romano Scavolini. <laughs> I love Nightmare. I, I know it is. It gets a little slow. It gets a little, it like meanders into some territory. We You can tell they don't really know what they're doing. Or they don't really have the story fleshed out or the characters fleshed out. It's not polished at all. Uh, filth week. I loved it. I love Nightmare. Is it a classic? It's a classic of a sort, but a lot of things about it to me are classic early 80s horror, right from having different names I think the and I love the the name Nightmare is in a damaged brain. That's very a name that would get changed eventually to just simply Nightmare Creative, right. you know. It reminded me of Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, Night Warning, you know. They just go through all these names of these movies. A very much a cash in. You were talking about them trying to cash in on uh, Tom Savini. They put it out there if you I actually watched the original trailer for this movie on on YouTube. And the trailer says from the man who terrified you in Dawn of the Dead in Friday the 13th. And then I, I saw a poster that also says that from the man who terrified you in Dawn of the Dead and Friday the 13th, which is just Tom Savini, the effects, it makes it sound like the same person maybe directed or produced those movies, and this is the same person making Nightmare. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very false advertising, classic horror, low-budge low ethics horror move from this, this <laughs> time. These guys are dirty. <laughs> They're <laughs> dirty. Uh, I thought all the same things. Maniac, Basket Case, even like Pieces. This, just that ridiculous gag of the, the kids saw something. And it's always, it's such a thin excuse to just film a bunch of violence. You know, they try to say that it's a psychological, it, it has a message to it that the, you know, the, the kid got messed up as a, as a child and, uh, saw something he shouldn't have seen, and then that drove him. Uh, we we talked about Maniac, and there's interviews where uh, Joe Spinell's his line is like, uh, "Well, there's more violence on the evening news than there is in my film." You know, all this bullshit. These guys are such bullshitters. Uh, I love, I love. Uh, it's d written and directed by Romano Scavolini. It's a great. Scavolini. Yeah. Like Fellini. I mean, it sounds, you know, Romano Scavolini sounds like that would be a celebrated, legendary, influential Italian filmmaker. He is. Which we have talked about uh, many of those. No, I, no. Scavolini, <laughs> in this case, in this case, the truth, the name does not actually nope. comport. Uh, this guy never did shit. He did like one other <laughs> horror movie. He's not celebrated. He's not legendary. Not influential. Uh, very, very much. He's, he's going to be following us next week, dude. You watch out. <laughs> he is very much like a hack job. But I love this movie. It's all of that stuff. It's the you know the budget is low. I would say it seems more low budget than Maniac or Pieces or those. The effects, I can see why Tom Savini disavowed publicly said that he didn't wasn't in charge of the effects because they're not Savini oh, level. Oh, Dave's I looking think at they me. are. I think what? they're great. I was I, yeah. I like no. I love them, but they're not Savini what level. The beheading. 
The beheading okay, is like the, the cheesiest. Only, I know, okay, but, but that's like, the only cool. <laughs> it's so obviously a mannequin thing. with two tubes shooting out. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. I I do. I love the effects. I just can see why Tom Savini might not want his name on it, especially if he didn't get paid right. We can talk more about that. But I I love how it opens right up with a dismembered body. It just goes for the throat immediately, and then you introduce a child. That's another sleazy thing that these movies do. They they mix in little kids with all the sleaze, the nudity, and the violence and the gore, and then you have a kid involved. That just ups the ook factor. Love it. Great one. A- another mining expedition, Dave. You are the, I think, the undisputed 80s miner of the show, and I know that it comes from really being in the mine. I like to mine. I do most of my mining like research because I'm always reading about these movies and and I, I follow like tons and tons of horror people on social media be they filmmakers actors or just fans or people like who run vinegar syndrome or terror vision or arrow and I'm always kind of getting getting stuff from those people but Dave actually goes down into the mines <laughs> by himself lowers himself well, down and he watches all this stuff and then he finds a gem like nightmare I do I do my research you do. I do my research too because I don't like to waste my time because sometimes they're really bad. But I will watch something. Um, this was this was on Tubi. It's not now. We had to. Oh yeah. We had to go to like. I, I want to see. Yeah, it, it was on oh, Tubi. Grimy too. We had to go to a grimy site it's to not watch that it. Right. We had to this go. Whole it's, thing is dirty. It's called Look Movie Two. I was my upset. Last There's note. no English. Subtitles. No, no. There's no captions. There's subtitles in other languages. Uh, yeah, it's Look Movie Two, the the number two. Don't dot T O. It's a perfectly fine. They it's not a pop up site. They need to know. It's not like um, I like it. Yeah, it's a great site. It's not like effed up movies. You can rent movies on there. You can watch it. It's nothing wrong with it. We all used it. It's great. Look Movie Two right now. If you want to watch Nightmare, I'm sure it'll be back on Tubi soon. Great one, Dave. What a weird fucking movie. <laughs> Dave, so thank you so much. We start with a crazy man wiggling around. Then I guess we figure out that he's a dude that had like a family and then just like murdered some people because, oh, he had childhood trauma. Oh, so sad for you. Oh, catch no. all excuse for anything. Oh, no. You had the hard times. You're going to murder people. 69 and we're fine. We've all had a hard time, <laughs> sir. You don't see me out here murdering people, even though I had a traumatic childhood. Anyway, then this person does his time and is reformed, but is then triggered back into her his murderous ways because of reasons. I don't know. This was a slasher movie from the 80s, which I, I like. We all know that I'm a big fan of the slashy boys, but... I don't know. He like hunts down his old family and then he's like, oh, it's something else. And then it's me. And then like his child is also evil now, apparently. I don't know. It was fine. It was fine. I don't know. Then he terrorizes the babysitter. It's stressful and weird. Um, But then also had some fun moments. I liked the beheading. Right off yeah, the I'm, bat, I liked it too. You know, I, I did. Well, it is off the bat, but they take throughout the whole movie. You see to it a show number of times. Yeah. Scene. yeah, I know. You see a little bit of it, like a scotch each time. Yeah, it was great. I, I, that was the one good part that they stretched for an hour and forty minutes. When the head finally goes rolling off the. That's so they thank had you like so much. Takes of it. 
I don't really have. A, I don't wouldn't say I have a lot to say about this movie. To be honest, I was hoping that Kevin would be back this week for the facts because I feel like we're kind of like he's the factsman. I I do lots of facts. Okay. I don't know what what this. If, Trent, you know, I if you're done, you're I wasn't done. I mean, looking I don't think you have to uh, Trent, insult I wasn't our done facts. Talking. Trent, you know. I wasn't done talking. I'm so sorry. This movie was fine. Hardcore porn guys. So once again, we have a a random obscure horror movie where somebody from the hardcore porn industry just decides I'm going to make a horror movie. This one, you get some gore right away. A uh, little Godfather action, but we've got a uh, different kind of head in the bed, and also. From a porn guy, this one is just nudity galore. It's an American movie, but it has a very distinctly foreign feel. And I got real Jalo vibes from it. You know, the way that it was directed, a lot of the POV definitely does fall into like a slasher genre. But I felt like this pulled from a lot of Italian and, and the Jalo genre in terms of, of the way it was shot. The kills and everything in this are really good, very creative. This one actually d- did scare me a few times. There were some definite tent scenes. There's one particular scene in an attic um, that I thought was very well shot and very well paced, and it definitely had me uh, on the edge of my seat. Timeline-wise, it is a little bit confusing. It can be hard to follow. But overall, for this one, I thought that this is a, a great lost treasure. Well, you, you mentioned that, uh, Dave, this is a video nasty which gives it a certain amount of esteem right out the gate for me. It's one of the original 72 video nasties. And I, uh, I went through the list because we've talked about a number of the video nasties and there's an expanded list, but I really just count the original 72. This movie, the produ- one of the uh, distributors was prosecuted and, and did six months in jail over this movie because he released uh, an unapproved in, in Britain. Japanese. No, it was in it was in England. He he released a, a, a version that hadn't been approved by the film board, and uh, went to jail for six months. Uh, this is one of the successful video nasty prosecutions. That's wow. a fact. It gets about dirtier fact. and dirtier as we go down the trough. <laughs> but I wow. but I was thinking we need to we haven't covered enough out of seventy two. I I mean I would almost and I wouldn't suggest this because I know people will will get tired of it. But I'd like to just go through. All seventy-two. Oh, okay. All nasties? seventy-two video nasties. Yeah. There was one a time where I was trying to do that. I've seen a number of them. Yeah. Some of them are tough. The uh, what is the the house by the park? The sequel, the unofficial sequel. The to unofficial the, sequel to uh, Last, Last House, house on, on the Left. left. Oh, is like House no. on the Edge of the Park or yes. something like that. And that's we that's a need... tough one to get. That through. also stars David Hess from. Yes. Oh, you've seen that one. I have. It's a tough one to get through. You feel a little bad watching it. Oh, really? It's just abuse. Oh, oh, see, I was afraid it wouldn't be bad, terrible enough. Oh, yeah, it's pretty terrible. Oh, great. Yeah. Maybe maybe, The tone of it is just Oh, great. Is that what you just said? Oh, great. I was afraid. Because sometimes you'd be like, oh, this movie is so brutal. And then you watch and you're like, yeah, come on. This is kid stuff, you know? Yeah, it's it's, uh, more filthy Italian 80s. Okay, (laughs) All right. Literally... Make my heart hurt you, when you say stuff like Because I, I want it the grimier Oh, great. The better. I thought it wouldn't be that bad. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Can't wait to watch it. It just moved to the top of my, my list. Right hey, to the top. You mentioned, Dave, uh, New York Ripper. Yeah. New York Ripper. Can I say it right? Yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, I've seen about half of it. That's like late Fulci. Right. And, and that has a reputation for being 
just gratuitous misogynistic violence. Yeah, I haven't seen the whole thing. Uh, did you not? You didn't love it? Uh, well, it has that like uh, I, I don't know how to explain the look of it, but it has like a detective show. It kind of looks right. like Columbo or like something. Like an SVU situation? No, not like that. Like older. Cleve Hall ended up doing or supervising the effects on this. And he passed away in 2021. But um, he has an unbelievable resume. So if you look up Cleve Hall, who did the effects on this, and I do like the effects on this. They're, they're very 80s, but they're good. Um, he did work on like Yo Gabba Gabba, which is a kid's show started by you know the guy from the aquabats he's done costumes for like kiss insane clown posse he worked on the movie ghoulies also work on troll reanimator and peewee's big adventure so he has quite quite the resume very interesting character and then jack eric williams did the music on this um he passed away unexpectedly in, in 1994 at a very young age, but he had a, a very promising career ahead of him doing things like Stephen Sondheim, Sweeney Todd on Broadway. Um, he wasn't just a, a composer. He was also an actor, a producer, director. So he has quite the um, career that was cut short. One of the classic things, and one of the many classic things this movie does is it, it loves phone calls. Lots of mm. menacing phone calls. So you answer the phone, nobody's there, or a guy's breathing heavily about your body or whatever. This movie <laughs> just honors the time-honored horror tradition of scary phone calls through the movie. I like and, that. Yeah, and then like the kid's like, who's that scary guy? And it's like... Let's talk about the kid, CJ. He's a little shit. <laughs> what a piece of shit this <laughs> fucking kid <laughs> is. Kid. The wink. Let's talk about now the you wink. You had said that that was his kid? Yeah, I didn't get it the is, idea that's that it was his, his kid. kid. It is his kid. Well, okay. yeah, that's the his kid. The internet told me. It's George's son. Yeah, we should back up because okay, like, sorry. parts of the story in the film are missing. Yeah. We're told right. that the killer has just been released out of the asylum, mm -hmm. and he's on this experimental new drug regimen, which right. is supposed to curb all his schizophrenia and his murderous rage. And even though in, in the beginning the readout clearly says mild amnesia, Later on, when the detective is reading down through it, he says, severe amnesia. So I, I don't know what we're to believe. It's kind of like uh, Incredible Melting Man. There's like a doctor who's held responsible. Yes, for letting him, right, letting him loose. Um, schizophrenia is spelled wrong, by the way. I, I didn't notice it, oh. but uh, on, the, <laughs> on, the, on the movie. Uh, so it says that he murdered a family. Yeah. And he, he went to jail and was committed to the asylum, and then he's let back out. And you see what happens when he's a child at the beginning, but you never see anything about the family that he murdered. To, right, right. You know? So then he's back on the street, and he makes his way, what you find out is he's making his way to his ex-wife in Florida. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that would make the kid at the end would be his kid. All right? three of those children supposedly are his children. I, I guess. A unless According it. to the internet. A kid gets it. They don't show it, but I read that a scene was filmed where the kid is strangled to death. Oh, <laughs> nice. No, <laughs> wow. They shot it. Scavolini. No, Scavolini wow. wasn't afraid. <laughs> Scavolini shot it, but we weren't ready. The no. world wasn't ready for Scavolini. I'm still I'm not ready. didn't shit on the kid's dead corpse. <laughs> no, wow. No child corpses. <laughs> oh, speaking of that scene, the dead girl in the chair with the rat crawling on her. That's a great scene. Another classic moment because as soon as I saw the rat, you could see that the rat was slathered in like black ink or something. 
you, you could just tell. You look at the rat, and you could see the ink dripping off of it. We've talked about this before, where they get to, it's time to shoot, and the only rats that they can get are white. And so they have to... I, I don't remember what movie it was that we talked oh. about, more than one probably, where... They have these white rats, and they have to figure out a, a way to make them black. If uh, only dirty. Kevin was here, he would tell us what movie we watched. Well, they they uh, they did that in this. <laughs> they, I, I can't remember. It's in that if you uh, if you go on YouTube and you just type in Nightmare 1981, there's a about a 17 minute making of Nightmare. It's so good. It, it's really just the lead actor, the killer, and it's the effects guy. Um, Cleve Hall, who I remember because he's so annoyed that the the interviewer doesn't know the name properly, but they, they talk about what they had to do with the rats, and they said that the rats immediately licked all the black off of them, and then were white again and had black tongues, but that's a that's a classic murder scene and another classic horror movie move. I was trying to find the movie. Uh, there, there's a movie where like 90 rats are like flamethrowed to death. Day of the Animals. Day of the Animals. Not familiar. Eight, Seems like it wasn't the day of the animals if they all died. Joel Cohen of the Cohen Brothers was the original editor on this movie. Wow. It was fired. Come on, you're just making that <laughs> no, up. Because you wanted a fact. You wanted a fact. <laughs> that's a fact, Jack. I got facts. That's a wow, fact. You've just why been spitting so fun. I don't know why he was fired. Dope. It's ever since she t- said well, that. Well, I don't I know she comes here like, we don't got nothing this week. Oh, uh, uh, speak thought, for yourself, Missy. Um, <laughs> one, call me Missy. Again. He's waving his finger Two, around. Two, wiggle your finger at me one more fucking time. Anyway. Um, three, I thought we had a moment of camaraderie, maybe. I was trying to like get us together being like, ha ha. No. We just talk about things that you, we like in the no. movie. Kevin's got no. actual facts. One problem I had with this movie was, and it's not really a problem, but I, I guess it's just another thing that happens a lot in these old horror low budge, no budge. And this is kind of, I would say this is no budge, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that happens is the sound design is so, it's so quiet. It's a very quiet movie when whenever anyone's talking, anyone's it having is. so quiet until. Someone Scream. screams, oh and then my it's God. the loudest, most shrilly EQ treble in your ear, and your whole apartment now is like, oh my God, you got to turn it down. Yeah. People yeah. think you're a killer, but then you can't hear anything else after that, so then you have to turn it back up, and then you're playing this whole game every time someone starts screaming bloody murder throughout the movie. You're like, oh my God. Why? I pick up like a mixing engineer when I watch movies now. Every movie I feel like does that. It, like the new movies, it's like this big Dolby... <laughs> It's yeah, like, I can't hear what they're saying, but I can hear all these like explosions and everything. I just I read an interesting article recently about this sound war that's going on in films, where everything is getting louder. Like everybody wants everything to be louder than the other thing, and so the mixer is like constantly trying to please everyone by making everything louder, louder. And pretty soon, just everything right. in the whole movie is super loud. When everything's loud, then nothing's loud. And then, uh, yeah, right. And then people still don't think that whatever thing is loud enough because <laughs> right. just everything just keeps getting turned up. And now you can't tell what people are saying. I've watched like every movie with captions for like the last 10 Same. years, I feel like. We're not alone. I, I was wondering why I was doing that because I've never... That's a recent thing for me where I want to have the captions on. And I was I, just like, I'm going deaf. I'm old. and I Could be both but for I us. But think, I think it's the whole world, though. I, yeah, it is. But also, we are old and deaf, too. This does have a, uh, a middle sag. And I liked how it's, it's mapped out. It's like five or seven days or whatever. So it's day one. It gives you the title card. Day two, day three. By about day three, day four, you're, you're kind of crawling through there. It takes 
an entire day just to, to show CJ do like two little pranks. This kid gets off on scaring people the whole movie. He's pranking and scaring people. And it takes like a whole day just to show two of those. And you do, it does start to meander. But I think, well, like you said, it's just because they probably. All that stuff is so transparent. All the things where they literally wrote down all the gags you can do making a horror movie. It's, it, they seem like New York City scumbags trying to make a quick buck on oh, a horror absolutely. movie. <laughs> like that's absolutely. Some of the stuff, uh, the shortcomings, again, to me, I, I love yeah. the history of horror. I love yeah. this particular uh, <laughs> thing. So I like their story a lot. That's that's y- kind of yeah. what brings Nightmare to the show uh, yeah. for me. Yeah, and I, I like that. I, I don't think there were any noble intentions or any artistic <laughs> intentions at all in this. This is, like you said, yeah, cheap, cheap buck artist. Do you guys remember? I know you remember the movie Censor. We talked about it. Was yes. was my favorite of twenty twenty one. Yes, there's a scene of this movie in Censor. Oh, the, oh. Chop, the kid, the kid chop scene is actually in Censor. <gasps> oh, right. Oh, wow. I, I thought. I think I kind of remember hearing that. I think it's since I saw Censor, I've had a higher appreciation for these cheap. 80s movies because I mean I always loved them back in the day but I remember watching Censor being like oh that's it's not the the stuff that you're scared about in movies now it's not the jump scares and all that stuff it's just this tone mm-hmm. that they have that is scary and, and like weird and yeah and then you start digging into the directors and the actors and oh this porn star made this and <laughs> then she died <laughs> like it's like it's all dark there is a great flub, a low budge flub in this when <clears throat> there's a shot of the killer driving on the highway as he's making his way to Florida. And the shot, the camera is it's shot from the side of the highway and the car is coming toward the camera. And then the camera pans while the car goes by and then shows the car from behind speeding down the highway. And when it pans to show the car from behind, directly in front of the camera is what I imagine must have been the camera crew's car just sitting on the side of the highway parked. Like they didn't even bother to move it out get, of the way. Have, yeah, to have their Good own car them. not in the shot. Just sitting there on the side of the highway. Makes I no mean, sense at all. Was this New York or Florida? Either place there could easily just have been a random broken down car on the side of the road that someone won't move. One of the most interesting parts of this movie to me was the whole nature versus nurture and you know, can you really change you know, how, how is our DNA program? So there's like a little bit of sort of like, you know, spiritual versus science and then kind of marrying them up in terms of like this movie sort of addresses both of those things. I found a quote. I did find a quote from Scavellini who said of this film, in my film, there is no hope because the real and final message is that we are all at the mercy of our demons. Okay. What's that's, that's does that artistic, mean? That's what does that even mean? That means it doesn't really matter does there's no hope it means you'll never outrun your demons the demons that you have that you have been imprinted on you throughout your life you'll never get rid of them you'll always battle them they'll probably win well that's fun i got like real angst vibes from the performance by baird stafford who plays george and you know ip baird stafford uh passed away just this year i thought his performance was really visceral almost I don't want to say annoying at times, but like his screams and the, the, the sounds that he makes, like I'm not even physically capable of making. Is that movie uh, Angst? Yeah. This kind of reminds me a little of, of Angst in yeah. the scenes where he's just kind of flipping out in his room and foaming at the mouth and all that <laughs> keeps, stuff. Yeah, he keeps <laughs> like, yeah, he keeps having these seizures 
and and to illustrate that, they seem to just spray whipped cream in his mouth. It's, 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 it doesn't look like normal. I don't wanna be a tiger, cause tigers play too rough. I don't wanna be a lion, cause lions ain't the kind you love enough. The second film I picked was the 1981 underrated classic, The Pit, written by Ian A. Stewart, directed by Lou Lehman. <laughs> You think it's Lou Lehman? Or it like is, yeah. I think Le- it's Lou Lehman. Lou, yeah. Lou Lehman. But it's spelled L-E-W. <laughs> right, right. It's a little confusing. I was inspired by Cat Stephen King Week. Oh. And remember this very strange movie that's kind of more Stephen King than Stephen King in the way that it has like these multi-layered threats in the small town storytelling. The Pit is the story of a 12-year-old named Jamie played to perfection by Sammy Snyder's. Uh, You have the vengeance of a bullied kid that is uh, suffering from a bad case of puberty. He finds a hole in the ground filled with Wookiees (laughs) (laughs) or uh, Trollologs. Trollologs. He also has a teddy bear that constantly talks to him into doing fucked up shit. While James' parents are away closing on a new house, he seduces his nanny, babysitter. Uh, He blackmails the librarian, steals money to feed meat from the butcher shop to these animals. And then finally he feeds his naysayers to the monsters in the pit. Uh, The whole thing goes down in a movie that aesthetically looks like an episode of the Brady Bunch. (laughs) Lou Lehman and Ian Stewart had a whole bunch of disagreements while making this. And one of the things that I thought was the funniest is Lou Lehman kept mispronouncing words. And then when... Ian A. Stewart would correct him, he would say, you know, yeah, I think I'm going to go with that, actually. I like that. <laughs> so it was like the trollologs was a thing he was just saying instead of troglodytes. Oh, oh. And he was like, hey, you know what? Actually, I like that. I like that. Let's keep it that way. And then also uh, Abergale instead of Abigail. I, I noticed. Abergale. Why does he keep saying Abergale? And that was also that instance and also um, Oranguan. I Instead of like a orangutan, <laughs> oh my I was god! Like, what is going so on? there are I mean, all I know these Canadian, but there are all these mispronunciations. I it was a that Canadian thing. This uh, his history was like in like uh, Broadway and stuff, and like theater, not, not Broadway. Well, I'm giving him too much. Orangutans. Uh, Ian A. Stewart was present during some of the filming because Lou's wife wouldn't allow him to be present <laughs> for any of the scenes involving nudity or scantily clad women. With the exception <laughs> of filming his 18-year-old daughter to do the topless scene of the skinny dipper. Wonderful. Budget was around, I had to convert this oh, from oh, Canadian money. Okay, I was wondering. But it was it's 650000 our money. Six hundred half a million dollars. The yes. real money. It grossed okay. $560 in the U.S. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when it was released, anyway. Since then... Uh, it might have uh, become a little bit more of a cult classic, but um, there's a rampant misconception in society that kids are incapable of being assholes. So I like these movies, uh, especially in the horror genre, that kind of show the side of kids that is evil and twisted and fucked up. You know, fucked up adults c- came from somewhere. 
I, I'm not saying we should kill them or throw them in the pit, but um, <laughs> I like how fun and diabolical this movie is. And I, I th- thought it was paced rather well for an 80s I, movie. Yeah. And this is streaming on Tubi and Peacock. What a very odd tale mm. of a bullied boy who gets revenge on those who've wronged him via a hole full of carnivorous monsters. I guess I like to Ewoks, maybe. Oh, no, Chewbacca. <laughs> Wookies. I have some feelings about this boy and his relationships to the adults in his life. His parents, they're just gone for most of the film. Where do they go? Here's what I don't get. Seattle? Their child is obviously having a very hard time in school and in general. And they're like, they literally like meet with the person about it. They're like, well, he's having a really hard time. Anyway, have a good, have a good couple of weeks, guys. (laughs) Like where do they, one, I feel like I didn't even see them leave. All of a sudden it was just like, oh, yeah, this babysitter is now in charge. It just drive away. I'm not sure if we ever find out why they abandoned their child for so long, but yeah, you know, let's get started on the sad little boy who only connects with weird animals trapped uh, within the ground. Also, he so, so weirdly hits on his babysitter. He's in love with her. It's like the class. I don't know. I guess it's the classic like adolescent boy in love with his babysitter, yada, yada, yada. But then he like sneaks in to like she's living there and then she's like in the shower and he's like he writes i love you on the <laughs> fucking on mirror. The mirror and lipstick i think and then you see yeah oh yeah and then he's like laying on the bed like waiting for her to find it and then when he hears her go ah like scream he's like oh did i fuck up yes you fucked up you fucking weirdo Anyway, this is a movie I would like a sequel for because yeah, I feel too. like the sequel would be way better than this one because it would just be about these little fucking gremlin creatures. It might just be gremlins, actually, <laughs> if I'm thinking about it. And I loved gremlins. But this could be a, an alternative gremlins situation if, if a sequel could arise from this. Why Dave, thank you. once oh, thank you. again... Now, I loved Nightmare, but this is the gem of the week. I have never heard of The Pit, never read about The Pit, never did no clue. The first thing I saw was uh, referred to as Canuxploitation, which is kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? Um, This is so great. Just do yourself a favor. You're going to want to go to Tubi. You're going to want to watch The Pit. Now, it's not violent. That is the Not weirdest. Really. This is, and I, I want to say, this is one of the weirdest movies we've ever seen on the show over 160 episodes, a, a few hundred movies we've talked about. This is among the strangest, it is strange. of all Very of them. Odd. Another low to no budget. I mean, the, both of these movies, I feel like, are a step above, like Blood Harvest. Remember that one, mm-hmm. or Blood Beat. They're a little better than that. Now you said you said six hundred thousand. That seems like a lot to me for nineteen eighty one. Um, I don't know that it's on the screen as much. This is another one. Nobody went on to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Lehman, no not legendary, not celebrated, not influential. Um, Ian Ian Stewart, and I found out too late. Um, I just found out Ian Stewart, the writer, he directed a documentary called Teddy Told Me. It's him talking about this movie. 
Oh, wow. And I haven't even had a chance to see if that's out there. But yeah, look look for that. Ian Stewart Teddy told me. Um, he, I guess he wrote the, the original treatment of this that he wrote. It was a, a, was not a horror movie as much. It was a younger kid and the, and the trogs were imaginary. And then it got turned into this horror movie. But there's there's really no, there's no gore at all. There's no violence at all. There is just this incredibly creepy kid. I think, Kat, I think you were easy on the kid. You said he Thank seduced you. his babysitter. <laughs> he relentlessly harassed his I babysitter. I did not say seduced. You did. I said did seduced. I? You did say seduced. <laughs> I, like, I, I think I missed something <laughs> in the bit because- Attempted to I, seduce. I remember uh, extreme harassment of his babysitter. Yeah. And everyone else. He like, that's the thing about you say like he was bullied and he was bullied. You know, the kid punches him right in the face. But- We've all been bullied. He was bullied, but also he was a little shit. Like yeah. CJ, he was a peeping Tom. <laughs> He's going around peeping on people, cutting out the nudies of the library books, all this stuff. Oh. Stephen King, that's right on uh, the, the small town thing. I loved after it. Now, it takes a while. So not only is there no violence and there's like no gore, but the whole movie, he doesn't, he does all the killing is at the end. The whole movie is him and he tries to to peep on people and he's doing all this creepy stuff and he does tell the babysitter about the trogs she doesn't believe him um, and he starts feeding them like you say the raw meat that he buys from the butcher shop but all the killing happens at once like at the end he just he flips out and he starts just luring everybody out to the pit and throwing them in there with the trogs and the funniest thing is that the sheriff or the cops are like they all of a sudden they have all these missing persons cases. Like all of a sudden, fifteen people are one after another have gone missing in this little teeny town, and they come up with the the excuse. Well, I, I guess this is after now. So so there's the whole the sequence of people that Jamie lures into the pit, and then as you say, he eventually throws the trogs a line and just lets them get to his ultimate revenge by letting them out, and they just start massacring everybody. <laughs> and the police decide to cover it up and say that it was wild dogs. Wild dogs. That's, now, that's some wild dogs. They murdered 15 people. It was like, you know why I work as a sheriff in a small town? Because shit doesn't happen here. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded Classic. me of... All, yeah, we've seen all those movies we've talked about where... The setup is the the cop retires to the small town where there's no crime, and he <laughs> yeah. ends up fighting like underground troglodytes or something. <laughs> so so um, good. This just had like the comfort. This has that low budget comfort factor. And if you if you're on Tubi, there's two versions on there. There's the the pit rated R, and then there is what's called the broadcast version. So this must have been at some point this was on television, and they must have just cut out all the nudity and stuff. I thought this was uh, an interesting one, more of a comedy than a horror. This definitely played more to a dark comedy than a straight kind of early 80s slasher flick. Um, I loved the fact that uh, Sammy Snyders, who played Jamie, just a bratty little kid, uh, both movies, I think this week you had a hard time maybe rooting for the kid. Um, both sort of feature a young male um, antagonist and protagonist uh, kind of combined. And I thought that Jamie was a, a wildly unlikable character, although you do have a little bit of sympathy for how he is sort of bullied. Sammy Snyder's was a child star, some sort of production of Huck Finn. Um, but I think, you know, like a lot of these early 80s movies that we see, uh, this one kind of falls into like the mutilator territory where we don't really see much out of 
a majority of the rest of the people that, that, that played roles in this movie, either in front of the camera or behind the camera, uh, they didn't really do a whole lot else. This is a classic early 80s, we can make a buck right now, let's go for it uh, type of filmmaking. I thought that it was interesting. Uh, Sonia Smiths played Mrs. Lind. Uh, she was in Videodrome, so we've got a nice Cronenberg tie-in here. Overall, this one um, takes a little while to get going, so the whole like pit aspect was kind of funny to me. Didn't seem like they had to go all that far into the woods to find this pit, um, and it, it bit uh, a little bit unlikely that that Jamie would have this pit to himself. Um, so again, we're talking horror, so you have to do um, suspend some disbelief here. Um, but it definitely didn't seem like uh, he exactly had to travel two or three hours into the woods to find this pit. It seemed uh, very close to you know a field where he could be throwing a ball with a, a friend um, and uh, and kind of easily get uh, some people that had done him wrong to the pit. Uh, I thought that when he pushed the lady, the old lady in the wheelchair with a wraparound sunglasses oh. in the, the pit, I was like... Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the, the, oh, my God. When he... The, the old... <laughs> the poor elderly lady in a wheelchair becomes a victim because she doesn't... She thinks she's a no-good kid and is going to turn he out is. to be a, a hippie. He is a no-good kid. going to turn out to be a hippie. And there's a scene where he's wheeling her up the hill out, out in the field, like wheeling her up the hill to go to the pit. And it's like Benny Hill all of a sudden. There's this like, it's this wide shot of him pushing the wheelchair uphill to go find the pit. <laughs> so good. Uh, ending, incredible ending. You're not going to be prepared. Well, I don't want to spoil it. You're not ready for the ending of this movie. It's just like chef kiss. This is this is what you want when you're looking for comfort, no budge, eighties horror. So good. So the score in this movie is completely ridiculous. We've talked about this on like some other movies that we we've we've done, um, where the score can just sort of sometimes be really like out of touch with the movie. And this one, to me, was just like comical. It it honestly added to the comedic element. And I think it was the score, because I was watching this early on thinking like, all right, you know, Dave's got another, you know, early 80s. He, he's done his homework. Uh, this is going to be messed up or it's going to be heavy. Um, and it, I, the score was the first thing that sort of clued me into the fact that, you know what? This is supposed to be a comedy. But the score was really loud in this movie. I thought it was like a little unnecessarily loud, especially for how jarring and at times like off topic from what you're watching on the screen and what you're hearing from music. They also bring up, um, it's like incest is like kind of hinted at when he's talking about his mother washes him too yes. often and too thoroughly. Yes. Um, which yes. is weird uh, because it doesn't really come up any other time. You don't really know what the deal with that is. If he's just saying that, to say something messed right. up to the babysitter. Yeah, right. I thought he was saying it at first to be like, "Will you wash me?" And she's like, "Fuck no!" And he's like, "Well, my mom does." She's like, "Oh, okay." But then he's like, "Too often." And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, okay." My, my mom washes well, me all the time, and she scrubs me hard. Uh, that yep. I think was definitely implied yep. that. But also, might have something to do with his. But like he also just Family might, Guy. <laughs> he might just be trolling. More kids being in weird situations that makes it. Just extra creepy. I, and I like that this was like daylight horror. 
Mm-hmm. Almost none of this takes place at night. Now, the pit is dark with the trogs, who look great. I love the look of the trogs. You can call them too. Chewbacca's, call them Wookiees, whatever you want. I thought they were the glowing eyes. That was pretty good. Maybe that was some of the money. Um, actually, I think I read that they, there were two different troll designs and the trog designs. The first ones weren't scary enough, so they did it again. But I liked that almost all this movie takes place in the bright light of day in this mm-hmm. creepy town. And also... This movie had terrible editing, and it really felt like a made-for-TV movie. Didn't take away from my overall enjoyment, but damn, like this, this, was, <laughs> this was definitely slapped together. 